Welcome into the Husker 24-7 podcast. I am Mike Schaefer, joined by Brian Christopherson and Michael Brunts on this Thursday morning. Gentlemen, let's uh, let's switch gears. Normally, well, normally there's a little banter, but we'll just see if we can weave that in seamlessly. Uh, let's, let's start with Nebraska basketball. Fred Hoiberg spoke this week, and basketball is underway now. Doc Sadler's hitting shots off of... Uh, I don't know what you would call it. Is that a balcony? Would you? It's not really a balcony. Uh, Brunts would have a better understanding of what we would call the where Doc Sadler hit his uh, his like three quarters court shot. I was disappointed he didn't reprise the celebration he had when Charles Richardson made a shot against Texas Tech at the buzzer to win. Uh, but it was it was pretty cool. But let's let's get into some basketball talk today. We don't have football season started. This is a good time to to sneak in a little a little basketball talk. Brunts, what did you learn from Fred Hoiberg that you didn't already know going in on Tuesday Zoom? Yeah, it's it's an interesting group because I feel like this year's crew looks a lot more like they they want things to look going forward. Um, you you look at a guy like Latman who can hit shots from the outside, can also play the five. Uh, they've got a ton more length, uh, positional length, as Fred Hoiberg says, which means that they can mix and match lineups a lot more than they have in the past. You know, you you look at kind of what they're going to roll out there as a starting lineup, and everybody on the floor is going to be six foot four or taller. Which you contrast that with last year's backcourt, it's like a, it's a completely different look and team. So you know, you you have kind of the newcomers like Mayan, Teddy Allen. Uh, Kobe Webster that are going to be uh, counted on. Trey McGowan's is now uh, eligible immediately, which, you know, I, I, I think Fred was pretty effusive in his praise for McGowan's, and I think that that's right on. I mean, he's going to be a big, big part of what Nebraska does on both ends of the floor. And then you have you know guys like Delano Banton who have been around, and, and there's a lot of excitement about what he can be. Uh, long term for this team as a, a six foot eight, six foot nine point forward. So it's a it's it's an exciting roster, and that's just not like the the normal kind of preseason. Hey, you know these guys could actually be pretty good. I mean, I, I think they've got some guys that are going to be pretty fun to watch um, this season. So we can dig in a little bit more to, to any of those topics that you guys want to, but. Um, you know, I, I don't know that we learned a ton from Fred, but um, there's still a lot up in the air, too, with scheduling and the Nebraska bubble uh, tournament that um, apparently <laughs> has 11 teams, but Nebraska hasn't announced anything yet. So uh, what do you guys want to – where do we want to go? Be at a point I want to start. Go ahead, BC. Oh, I was just going to joke, Oklahoma State, I think, is already here ready for that tournament, aren't they, the way they've been uh, posting about it? They're, so. just, they're just hoping that the, the roller skating Hall of Fame is open that weekend so they can, you know, make yeah. sure they get the tour that they've already booked. Yeah. All right, serious questions now, Schaefer. You can go. Uh, I don't know how <laughs> serious of a question it is, but it's more so what, is, what are your guys' level of curiosity about Delano Banton? We've heard a lot of good things. He's been in Nebraska for a year. He uh, is expected to be kind of a key contributor for this 2020-2021 team. He's got a unique sort of unicorn body type for basketball where he's going to be a point guard, but he's six foot nine. but he could play a little swing forward. I'm curious if he could ever post up. Run, so I guess I'll just kind of direct it at you, and then I want BC to jump in too. 
what, what is your curiosity of what exactly Delano Banton is? Because we don't, we don't know, but you and I and, and BC at 24-7 Sports, we've heard plenty of good things about Delano Banton and his potential. Yeah, he's a, I mean, he's a former top 100 recruit. Um, you know, I, I think the things that he can do and the mismatches that he can create are pretty unique. I mean, I, you, you said unicorn. I mean, that's not far off. I mean, he's got a really long wingspan. You know, he's, he's every bit of six foot eight. He took the year, um, you know, kind of to, to work on his body, add some weight because he was, he was pretty thin, um, you know, last season. But he was a guy that really created headaches uh, on, this, on this scout team for Nebraska. And, and I think, too, you know, if, if he can score from the outside, I think that's huge for this team. And I, I think he can. That's something that he really wanted to work on. But um, if you just kind of think about being, being able to mix and match lineups, when you can roll out a six foot eight point guard, uh, that, that's not a look that you get most days uh, in, in the Big Ten or any league for that matter. So I think that's really the, uh, the, the important part of kind of what he brings is there's just so much lineup versatility that he, he can have. BC? Yeah, I, all of what Brunt said applies to me. I, I just like the length, and I know that's a simplistic uh, subject matter to go off of. We talk about it all the time with Eric Janander's side of the ball on defense, but I thought the lacking length on this team last year impacted them not only in their inability to finish at the rim. How many games did we watch where Nebraska could actually – they could get to the rim last year, but it, they, they had a – a very bad percentage. I think one of the worst in the country at finishing once they got there. And the difference was all these other big 10 teams had all this length and I think challenged shots better. And Nebraska wasn't a great defensive team either. I think in part because uh, they're easy to shoot over. So Banton to me is a, a shining example of that length. When you're talking about a six, nine guard and just uh, the wingspans on these guys. And I think, I think you're going to see the impact on defense as much as anything. And that's what I'm kind of excited about because um, I mean, how many games did we watch last year where, you know, teams had, uh, they had uh, like Wisconsin at a school record day shooting threes against Nebraska. It was just too easy to shoot over the top of them. Brooks, you've, you've covered big 10 basketball for a little while. You've seen all sorts of, you know, makes of Nebraska's rosters during that time. When you kind of size this group up and, and what you expect to be maybe the top eight or so players, does it seem like they have enough size and enough depth to kind of hang in a, in a conference that can play a little bully ball? And it's a little harder to uh, – it's a harder to kind of run a, a wide-open, spread-out basketball offense, I think, in the, in the Big Ten than it is – in some of these other conferences, certainly more so than what Fred Hoiberg had at the Big 12. Yeah, I mean, I think you look at, <laughs> I mean, last year's lineup, you had your 17-year-old Ivan in the post, Kevin Cross backing him up, and Matej Kavas is your third post player. Um, I mean, you, you look at this year, you've got Ivan, who's 25 pounds lighter, stronger, um, you know, seemingly more athletic than he was a year ago with some experience under his belt. Plus, you've got Derek Walker, who's got experience in the SEC. Um, you've got Eduardo Andre, who's got a six or a seven foot five wingspan. Uh, you know, Lat Mayan can play inside. I just, 
teams are going to be a lot less able to just bully Nebraska inside. I mean, Brian hit on it too. I mean, the length on the perimeter is huge for Nebraska because last year there, there really wasn't much that Nebraska could take away for uh, an, an opponent. I mean, they were going to make threes and they were also going to be able to rebound as well. And I think this year you're not going to be able to do either of those as much. I mean, I think back to, the, the year it was Isaiah Roby's last year at Nebraska where the, the Huskers are great at defending the three. And I think they can be that again this year. So Nebraska is going to be a much tougher out, a much tougher matchup than what they were last season when it seemed like you just had to kind of pray that the opponent would miss three pointers. Does, does our surprise guest on the pod have any thoughts on the, on Nebraska basketball? She would really like it if I would sit down um, and, and watch TV, <laughs> watch Elmo with her. She doesn't really have many thoughts on Lat Man, though. Disappointing. Very disappointing. Uh, I mean, so just kind of this group in general, is there, is there an X-Factor guy you think, BC? Is that, is that Banton or is it, is it McGowan's? Do they have enough depth that maybe they don't have to have an X-Factor? Um, I think uh, I think Kobe Webster is going to be an important guy. Uh, just from uh, – he's a really uh, sharp customer. I remember thinking that when he first committed. And he's been around uh, college ball a, a long time. And I just think – I mean, last year it was a team where a lot of guys were going different ways. I think – having a guy like him um, in your locker room is, is a very useful thing. And, and he can be one of those glue guys. Um, you know, besides that, um, McGowan's um, could be that because if you look at his stat sheet, um, when he was at Pittsburgh, he did it all. I mean, he, he was one of the leaders in steals and he, he was very active on defensive on the defensive side of the court and so I think he's a guy who um, can be a, a guy who does it on, on both ends for you. And so obviously getting him available right away, I think that was a big thing we were waiting to see. And, and now I, I don't know what Bruns thinks the starting lineup's going to look like um, if he were to pick a five right now or if he could. I mean, I don't know if it's Banton, McGowan's, uh, sounds like Mayan maybe, um, Allen. What, what do you think? Who, who's your starting five, Bruns? I'd probably lean right now with with what's with McGowan's being eligible. I think it'd be McGowan's at the point, uh, Banton at kind of the off guard, Teddy Allen, Lat Mayan, and I would probably put Ivan in there at the five. Yeah. Um, you know, I think for an X factor guy, I think it is McGowan's because, you know, you, you hit on it. I mean, he, the last season he had eleven and a half points, three three point three rebounds, three point three assists, and he actually didn't really shoot the ball that well. Um, so that was one thing they really wanted to work with him on was, was kind of his ability to score from the outside. This, in this offense, you know, they want to play with pace. They want to go, go, go. And you need, you need a, a point guard that can really make that happen. I mean, you saw in the, the offense last year when, when Cam Mack was able to play pretty well, it really looked – it looked like something where you could beat some teams. And when you've got a guy like McGowan's has been through it twice uh, with Pitt, uh, his numbers uh, look okay. Uh, both years. I mean, he averaged 11.5 or 11.6 as a freshman, 11.5 last year. So um, I just think what he does from, you know, 
kind of a, a stat column filler and also kind of an attitude guy on both ends of the floor, I think that's huge, and especially so in an offense that wants to play fast. Nebraska was pretty bad defensively last year. I mean, it does just as having like a McGowan's and maybe a, a Banton because of the the length that Brian Christopherson mentioned there. Does that does that? I don't know why I said Brian's full name. Yeah, that was weird. Brian. Everything about what I'm saying is weird. Let's move. <laughs> um, do, do you do you see their defense being a little bit more uh, in sync with things? I mean, they were bad last year. It. it long stretches of, of Big Ten play. Is it fair to assume that, that Doc Sadler is going to have them uh, playing a little bit better of a level, changing out some of those parts? I don't, I don't know that last – like, obviously, length was a huge factor for them last year. Um, you know, I, I think there were times when you didn't have all five guys playing the, the same defense and, and intensity. I mean, it, it seemed like at times there were – you get like three guys playing pretty good defense and you know, you'd have a couple guys playing out of position on the perimeter. It just didn't look good. And, you know, I, I think last year's team too, you know, the, I, I get kind of tired with leadership discussions and, and those kinds of intangible things, but I think chemistry was, was not great at times last year. Um, so I, I, I feel like, Chemistry shows itself a lot on the defensive end when you have to be talking, you have to kind of all be on the same page. So I think that should improve. I think that the fact that you have some, some guys that are bigger um, in the Big Ten helps you. And, and, you know, frankly, some depth too. I mean, I, I think Nebraska could probably go nine guys deep in their rotation pretty easily and, and feel good about what they have. So, you know, I'm not saying this is a, a fringe NCAA tournament team by any means, but I think they've got the opportunity to, to su- surprise some people from a team that was, you know, probably going to be picked last or second to last in the conference. Yeah, they're they're going to be they're going to be way better. And I I think if you want a good example, I mean, uh, it was just a few years ago. Everybody was having a good joke about Rutgers whenever they stepped on the court, and that was a team you thought you know was an easy win and. Uh, that that changed and I it's just an example in college basketball especially when you only got to put five on the floor at a time uh, much different than than football to me where you can um, in the span of a year or two uh, basically pull a 180 and I, I agree with Bruns I, I I think that they're just going to be way improved and uh, who knows what our tournament situation is going to look like and how this is all going to play out uh, but they're, they're going to be a team that is a, at least fun to watch, I think. And there were times last year where they were, but there were plenty of times last year when they, they definitely weren't fun to watch at all. All right. Any, uh, any more thoughts we want to get to here on basketball? We're going we're gonna to be discussing it, I'm sure, throughout the season. When, does, when do things actually start for them, Brunts? Do, we, do they have, like, an actual start date? Uh, well, no, that's the problem. Um, you've got Oklahoma State up here in Lincoln, um, you know, with their itinerary and being very excited about busing up for this uh, Nebraska bubble tournament that I'm, I'm refusing to call it the golden window. Um, but no, I mean, the, they, they still need clarity from the Big Ten about, you know, non-conference games, how many they can play. Um, and, and that kind of thing. Fred Hoiberg said that they're just moving forward as though, you know, that November 25th weekend uh, is going to be kind of their, their target start, but they don't have anything officially 
um, that, that they can point to is this is the day that they're going. He said they're fine with it, but, I mean, the, this season's going to be, I think, a little bit of a – just kind of have to roll with the punches a little bit. Is is Oklahoma State the team that I see over at the Abel Sandoz courts just, you know, practicing it up right now outside? Yeah, I'm pretty sure their, their first practice yesterday was held in Lincoln as far as I'm concerned. So, um, yeah, it, it's been fascinating. They're all in on this tournament that Nebraska hasn't officially announced yet. Can you explain what the MTE thing stands for? It's a multi-team event. So why did this become like a, a thing? Why can't we just say tournament? Why can't we just say, uh, I, I don't know, like MTE has exploded in terms of everyone has started using it. Well, I don't know that some of these are actually going to be technically tournaments. Like, gotcha. they're just kind of like, hey, we're going to get four teams together, or however many teams together, and try to get three games on a weekend. So that, that's the event. I, I don't know that it's – I don't know if there's going to be a trophy presented. But, um, yeah, that, that, and that's the question that they need to get clarity on is, you know, how many games you can play non-conference-wise you know, if you have one or don't, or how, kind of how that factors into what the Big Ten's going to do. I mean, Nebraska and Creighton may not play this year just based on yeah. the, the scheduling and, and how that plays out. So there's a lot to be figured out before they actually get going on this thing. Do you care whether they play or not? Like, is that a – I don't view it – like, obviously they've been playing every year since I want to say some point in the 70s, and ideally they would play that game, but I don't know that I consider it a huge – loss if they're not able to work it in in a weird year like 2020 yeah I mean I I like it I think it matters um I, you know I, I think if they don't play this year because of all the the challenges that they have you know it, it's not going to be a huge loss but I mean if, you, if you're looking for a game um it, that seems I, I would rather see Nebraska play Creighton versus you know Mississippi Valley State or Southern or you know Texas Texas A&M, Pine Bluff, or whomever. So, give me Creighton over all those. But, I mean, I, I, I would like to see it. But, um, I don't know. I, th I think there's a, a pretty good swath of the state that wouldn't mind seeing it either. It would be kind of fun in, in front of an empty gym, too, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you know, that's usually what it's like when they play up in the Century Link because most people are out carousing out in the, the hallways, right? I teed it up for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I didn't – I almost took the pitch, and then I realized that I could go oppo with it and just be fine. Just guided it in the right field. <laughs> That's my softball game right there. All right, uh, let's, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to get into uh, – we got the wheel, I believe. We're, we have some thoughts on alternate jerseys. Brunts is going to profess his love for them, um, I think, if I, if I have that correct. And uh, we'll, we'll see what else we come up with. Before we go, this was going to be the mailbag pod, but we needed to change our schedule around a little bit. We are going to do that next Thursday now. And we still want some more questions. So be sure to leave us a five-star review wherever you get this podcast. If you have a question, put it in your five-star review. You will get on the list. If you have a question and you've already left a five-star review and you still want to get that question over to us, I can't guarantee that we'll ask it in the same way. But you can hit us up, send us a, uh, a message at Husker 24-7, uh, tweet at us, send us a DM if, if uh, I think all of our DMs are open. I don't know. 
Um, you, however you can get the question to us, again, can't guarantee that it'll get on, but we want to get a good handful for that Thursday show. And next week, we're going to bring back the Husker Hypecast. So we'll be going to three pods starting next week. And uh, Nebraska football returns. So that'll be fun, too. All right, we'll be back with more on the Husker 24-7 podcast after this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we are back. All right. In the Hall of Fame of topics that get overly discussed and dissected, it is alternate jersey week. Michael Brunts, you, uh, you have the floor. Well, I guess the, the wheel was probably going to land there anyways. I w- well, 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 I mean, we, we have other topics for the wheel, but I, I wanted to just briefly get into your, your general thoughts on Nebraska's alternate jersey for 2020, and then we'll spin the wheel. I don't, I don't mind it. I think it's in the top half of alternate jerseys that they've done. I think, it's, uh, I think they should keep the black shirt in, in – uh, in a regular rotation once a year, I see no problem with having a little bit of fun. And I don't understand why your preferred alternate Jersey for Nebraska are white new balance and jorts. So um, <laughs> I, I just, I, I guess that's where I'm at with it is it, it doesn't really need to be a huge topic of conversation. I don't think it, it looks fine. The players enjoy it. Nebraska is probably going to make a little bit of money off the Jersey to, to keep the lights on over there at North stadium. So it, it's uh, it's it's all fine to me. What uh, what'd you think of the video? It was it was spooky. <laughs> you say it was spooky or stupid? Spooky. It was spooky. Okay. BC, you got thoughts on the video? I uh, I was fine with the video. Um, I yeah, I, I mean it was it was it was good. It was it was different. It was it was a little out there, and now that's all right. Uh, you, we gotta have some fun and with things and. And, and they do over there. They do a good job with the video stuff, and they take chances. That's what I like. It's the same thing when you talk about writing or anything like that that's artistic. you got to take chances, and some people are going to really like it, and some people aren't. But I, I like people who push the envelope a bit, and that's what they did. Yeah, I, I probably like the video more than I, I cared for the jersey, but as I've said many times, I'm not who the jerseys are aimed for. All right, should we get the wheel spinning? Sure, let's go. I just spun it. Wow. So um, there, there's a, a Jersey-related topic on here that I think it's probably going to land on. So, Jeez, that's coincidental. Yeah. Um, Who could have figured it out? Yeah, so <laughs> it stopped. Which, which Nebraska alternate uniform would you, have liked, would you like to see in regular rotation? Um, I would say the one – I thought the one they unveiled isn't bad, so I want to see it in person. I thought the one they wore on the road the one year that had sort of gray in it against I Northwestern, like I kind of like that one. Um, 
And then I like simplistic when they've done alternate home jerseys. I like the simple ones. Uh, the, actually, the the mesh, the, the jerseys they had that were sort of nineties nineties uh, ripoff jerseys uh, a year or two ago at home were pretty good. Uh, I like those ones as well. I would uh, I would say if you can just go to a normal helmet or figure out the helmet, the ones they wore against Illinois in twenty eighteen. I really like those when I look back through photos. I, I would say my my favorite one is uh, the 20 – I think it was 2016, the Northwestern game, the, the all-whites, the BC reference. I like that a lot. I thought that was a really good look. But then if they had like a, a home alternate they wanted to bust out every now and then, I, I really like that one they had against Illinois. I thought that was uh, the best of their home jerseys by far. I was just looking through all of them again, and I agree. My favorite has been the um, the 2016 version that they wore at Northwestern. I thought that was pretty good. Um, the other one that I liked was the 2018 version with the the fake leather helmet. Um, yep. I, I like the jerseys. The, the helmets for that one were terrible, but I think if you could get something close to that, I, I would be okay with that on the, at, for, at home. But I, I think the – I mean, I'll dodge the lightning bolt, but I think the all-whites on the road with the the kind of gray and silver is a pretty good look. Yeah, it seems like we we all really like the 2016. Brunson and I are in on 2018. And BC, uh, BC like the the 2017-94 throwback, right? Well, yeah, I like also any home uniform where they throw it back to another decade, I'm always kind of in on, like, this was way back when, sort of oh, before the race took off. Yeah, when it was the, to mark, was it the 300 sellout or something like yeah. that? And uh, they wore them against Louisiana Lafayette or somebody. And those ones I really liked, too. Uh, it helped that you had uh, Sue and Roy Hallou modeling them and all that stuff, maybe. Uh, it's some top-notch players. But um, I thought those were cool. I think simple is better to me with alternate jerseys just tweak it a little bit and that's what they're doing with the black shirt thing that's what we've got in front of us that's what's actually happening is scott frost wants a home and away black shirt jersey he said this was going to happen last year um sort of to honor the defense and play to the tradition and i think that's a smart move i mean that's something that you can talk to about recruits on the defensive side of the ball and being a black shirt and kind of use that um so i would i would embrace that black shirt thing once a year at least and uh and use it as sort of uh part of your recruiting approach i uh i want to flip this real quickly i think the absolute worst and it's like a two-year stretch tie for me 2014 where the all reds were the most notable thing is the photo we run on our site of randy gregory killing a guy uh that uniform that is atrocious. And then the 2015, where it looked like Nebraska, they're wearing black and they were ran over by a series of vehicles and they have the tire treads all over. Those are terrible. Those are by far the worst two that they have. Any, now, uh, anyone else that stands out to you there? No, 2012 was terrible. Um, the big end. <laughs> I, so my theory on 2012 is it's made better by the fact that Wisconsin is wearing those hideous – giant w uniforms yeah it somehow makes it more acceptable to me I, I i was standing with a coach um on the sidelines before that game and, and they were aghast by how terrible the uniforms were and i i couldn't help but agree 
You got any that stand out as particularly bad, Brian? Uh, 2012 to me was one of the worst. Um, I'd, I'd have to look back through a few more, but the, the irony is the 2012 ones, as bad as they were, produced maybe the best game of them all, I think, if you were to go through the games that were played in alternate jerseys. And, of course, uh, I think the tire tread black jerseys you're talking about were worn against uh, UCLA, right? When uh, no. only – the, the tire not. treads were – they were worn in 2015 against Northwestern. So, if you want a stat, Nebraska's 3-1 and one when they wear alternate red uniforms, 1-0 and oh when they wear a, uh, an alternate white uniform, and 0-3 oh and three when they wear alternate black uniforms. Yeah, because I remember they wore black against UCLA. It wasn't yeah, the same. It was an 11 a.m. kick. It looked dumb. Yeah, and then they couldn't sack uh... – Hunley on the one play and the whole game changed and then audio tapes came out and they're oh, it's, it's these these alternate jerseys they affect Husker history there's no doubt about it <laughs> all right any closing thoughts I, I think that's a pretty good thought to close on it, jerseys matter <laughs> yeah if you want to edit out everything after BC said there we can just finish on that <laughs> that's all I got <laughs> All right, be sure to check out Husker 24-7. There'll be more stuff today. Matt Lubick speaks to the media. There'll be more players as well. And then, of course, recruiting and everything else, all that you can find at Husker 24-7. We'll be back next week. Three podcasts on game week. Get jacked.